Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Okay, welcome everyone to this episode of the B2B Marketers and the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'm joined by someone on a mission to help companies and employees succeed with LinkedIn. So coming to us from Connecticut, I believe it is, Sandra Long, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christian. I'm excited to be here. Great to be connected, Sandra, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because as we were just discussing before I hit record, wow, this is such a pertinent topic of something that's been going on on LinkedIn and will continue to take place. So uh, let's just dive right in. Here comes the understatement of the year. (laughs) You are no stranger to LinkedIn. (laughs) In fact, you are an early adopter of LinkedIn who is also an authority on topics like personal branding and social selling. But just for this conversation, let's zero in on the topic of how people can improve their B2B social selling on LinkedIn. Let's start off this conversation with, well, talking about what social selling is not. And I think it it lies in the name itself. The name doesn't really give it justice. It really is a name that can get people confused. And I think there should be more emphasis on the word social than selling. It's really a place to build relationships and be social and attract people to want to do business with us. It's not, you know, it's not Amazon. This is not like, you know, it's not just like you have your products up and people are going to buy them or you're just going to spit out advertising. In fact, those kind of strategies really don't work that well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it was just like what I was uh, saying to you earlier, like, you know, people trying to reach out to you. And I think the the trending word these days is pitch slap, right? Mm-hmm. So when somebody immediately tries to solicit their business or, you know, their services and products to you before they even find out whether uh, you are right fit for their company or not. And that seems to be like a bit of a game of, um, well, what do they call it? Numbers, spray and pray, probably all of the above. It's just way too prevalent. I, I'm seeing it too often and people for some reason are bought into that that's the way to go. Yeah. And it's really more of a turnoff than anything. Right. So, you know, that said, um, talk to us about what you believe some of the common, and you mentioned some of them already, but like talk to us about some of the common misconceptions and mistakes uh, when it comes to B2B uh, like social selling on LinkedIn, what people need to do to address them. Okay. Well, no, that's a, that's a big question. There's so Mm. much, you know, we started a little bit into this path, but so I'd say the first thing from an organizational perspective, one of the mistakes I see is lack of alignment because you really want to make this more of a team effort and even, you know, between marketing and sales. And for some companies it's even tying into HR. So getting the alignment and, you know, coordination and cooperation across just enhances everything that we're trying to do on on LinkedIn and social in general. So that would be the first mistake. The other mistake I see sort of on an individual perspective is that a lot of sellers' LinkedIn profiles are not really oriented toward their buyer. So you've got, maybe you've hired some salespeople 
And those salespeople have a profile that was really just their resume. You know, it was the same profile that when you hired them, you know, they were trying to get hired by you and you've hired them. And now what happens is your, your potential prospects look at them and they don't, they don't connect the dots. They can't figure out, well, how is this person going to help me? I don't understand. It's, it just looks like a resume. It's really actually the profiles are more suited for your people to get hired by recruiters versus selling to prospects. So that profile piece is a, is a big missing piece. And then we talked about messaging. There's a lot of confusion and, you know, we've got sellers that are out there thinking that they should just be pitching and without thinking through the better ways to approach people and to make things, to turn things from cold to warm. And the best way to do that is to be really focused on that individual and do the research about that person's profile, that person's company, so that you can understand how can I be valuable? And so when I'm, when I am sending a message, it actually is something that people want to get versus like what we were talking about earlier, where the walls go up, right? I'm getting this pitch message. I don't want that. And then, and then even on the posting side being, you know, I, I hear, well, this mistake is something that you see as folks are wondering, I'm posting, I'm posting, how come we're not getting any traction? Well, I would say back up and think more broadly about engaging. So all those kind of mistakes starting, you know, starting with organizational in terms of alignment all the way through individuals, there's a lot of opportunity for, for everyone to get to the next level. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, I wanted to jam on something a little bit that you said a while ago, if we can, um, let's try to look at this, I guess, from a, like a diagnostic point of view, I think might be the right word and go back to the root of the problem. Because as you said, it's a, it's a, case of um, organizational um, or internal alignment and also about like motivation like what is the reason for them to do all this outreach and yes at the end of the day you want to generate new business and and you know close these leads and deals but it's obviously got to be more than that right but i suppose it's because these people were mandated to try to reach out to as many people as possible and to try to like book well connect with them book the call and close the leads right mm -hmm. Do you, do you see that as being one of the major issues on, on, on platforms like LinkedIn? Well, so yeah, go, I mean, setting up goal, goal setting is important, but I think that for, for those organizations that are focused on the client first, they're just going to be more successful. Um, you know, and I see this all the time in, in the training that we do and, you know, but folks, the, the average seller needs to get guidance on this. They don't necessarily know, people don't grow up with this information naturally, right? And I think people, that's why we're seeing, seeing so many sort of bad behavior, not just from the automation, but from people thinking, well, here I am. And they're, you know, if, if you think about it, it's more, how would you engage in real life, in real, you know, when you meet someone at an event or you go to their office or you have, you're introduced, you're not going to immediately start saying, here's my brochure, here's, here's what I have to offer. You're going to try to get to know someone. So why is it that people, it's, you know, why is it that they're taking this uh, other approach and they're just start starting to do that pitching? It's something that we, you know, we really need to educate people about. That's absolutely right. And let me just go back to what you said earlier, bad behavior and specifically bad behavior online, because, um, You've probably experienced this. I've experienced it too. I call it 
um, being active aggressive versus passive aggressive. So people that pitch slap you or they try to uh, solicit their 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 business or their services and whatnot. And if you don't respond to them, then they send you these like, well, they're very pushy messages. Like, okay, um, almost to the point of like, why aren't you responding? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I, I suppose it is a question of like educating people and saying like, hey, you would never do that at an in person networking event or at a conference. So why would you be doing it online? Because it's easier. Right. Right. right? Yeah, I guess they've never thought about it, but or, you know, when you're when anyone when you approach anyone and say when you're on the receiving end, nobody wants to get that. So why are people sending it? Exactly, exactly. Um, talk to us about a social selling challenge that you've managed to solve um, in the past twelve months or so with a, with a client or with a partner. So I would say uh, I have a client that I work with on a regular basis. And they wanted to have their team members use LinkedIn for thought leadership, for visibility. And there was a challenge in terms of their engagement. We were doing you know, training sessions for you know, hundreds of people. So the way we solved it in what worked out great was created a small focus group that was basically a thought leadership group, so sort of leading the way for the company. And then having um, a real focused effort on with those people that was specific. It wasn't like a training that was more generic. It was very specific to them and the kind of value that they could bring to their specific clients in their specific territory. So that worked out really well. Yeah, I, I love how you talked about thought leadership because I wanted to get your thought <laughs> thought. I wanted to get your thoughts on thought leadership because. Um, I've seen some companies get this wrong, especially on platforms like LinkedIn, because, you know, uh, what happens is more often than not is somebody develops that content and it usually ends up being somebody in marketing and the rest of the employees just push that out on LinkedIn. But that's not really that kind of defeats the purpose of thought leadership. Am I right? So what would you say would be the better approach, right? Going back to your case study. So it really depends on the team and the organization because I've seen different companies gravitate toward different approaches. Mm -hmm. So some companies want to have their people become creators of content and they want to encourage them. They want to give them training. They want to motivate them and even incentivize them to be creators. But then there are other companies that do not want to have their folks, particularly sales folks, pull time out of their territory or out of their selling conversations to be creators. They want to have them be sharing, curating content, engaging with content. So it really depends on the organization. I would say majority of the companies that I work with want primarily to be teaching their folks about the engagement and maybe do a little bit of the creating, but not have a heavy pressure on, you know, creating, you know, posts every week or anything. So that's, and again, you have to find out what the leadership, what they want to, how they want to do it, how do they want to use their time, what's important to them. And from there, we then make the, the proper approach. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. It's, it's almost as if you could probably say like, not all content creators are created equal. Yes. Right? Because it's different motivations, and it also, I suppose, depends on the content or what they're talking about when it comes uh, when it comes to thought leadership. Because that, that's such a broad topic, too, right? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it too. And this is my belief that you can be a thought leadership without doing a lot of creation. If you are finding and curating and sharing really valuable content with insights, not just sharing it, but with valuable insights, with your twist, with your perspective, with your valuable story around that content, that's tremendous. Or going and finding this content and adding your commentary that takes it to the next level, not just says great post, but takes that content further down the path of a conversation. That kind of thing, that kind of strategy is definitely thought leadership and can attract the buyers that we want. That's such an important point. I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, you know, you're talking about curating content or saying, okay, this is a great read, you know, it was an article written in the Harvard Business Review, but why was it so great? What were your what's your take on it? What's your point of view, right? Or maybe even why did you disagree with it? You know, I mean, that could be an interesting conversation as well. Yeah, the why is key. And if it's if it's left out a hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this might seem obvious to people like you and I, but why do you think it's important to conduct the relevant research and have the right social selling strategy in place? I mean, I think there's plenty of examples of the, out there of how it can go wrong if you don't have those things in place, right? So there's research sort of from the organizational perspective and there's research for the individual. And I mean, I think it's all important. Um, I definitely think it helps inform us with our strategy and it helps us do a better job when we are reaching out to a prospect or client. One of the things I do want to caution, though, is over-researching, right? I have one client who has been researching for so long and I'm trying to get them out of the research phase into the action phase, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Over-planning, right? Yeah. Over planning and neglecting the execution. Yes, yes, or, I've or, seen it. Or what is that saying? Like a plan is only as good as its execution, right? Yeah, I mean, and there's and the thing is, it gets back to that initial part of our conversation. It's social. Yep. We need to just be try to be comfortable and relaxed and build relationships. So if we we can do that around content, around thought leadership, being interested in other people. Yeah. You know, there. yes, there's a certain amount of research, but then it's getting into it and and participating, right? Engaging. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, people talk about that all the time on LinkedIn, don't they? Like the engagement is just as important, if not sometimes even more important than posting your own content sometimes. 100%. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. Talk to us about the importance and role of having the right content for social selling. Because, you know, we've seen people that are curating content, but it's not necessarily relevant to them or the people that they're trying to reach out to. Yeah. So think about our prospects that we want to attract, and they really are all on a journey. Think about why do they come to LinkedIn? They come to LinkedIn to become informed and they come to learn. They they want to see what's happening with my network, what's happening in my industry. 
That's why I'm coming on to LinkedIn. So if you're part of that conversation, things that they care about, right? Whether it's people that they care about, you're engaging with them or topics that they care about, then you will become part, you know, you will be put yourself on that radar screen of that prospect and buyer. And especially you meet some, let's say you have a great meeting with someone and it's October. And now here we are, it's March, April. And does that person remember that fantastic conversation you had back then? Or if they, if they perhaps if they've seen you on LinkedIn, you're automatically, you're visible, you're reminding them, you're like being top of mind so that as they're thinking through all of the things that are happening in their industry, they're making decisions, they're moving along, you're part of their thought process, which is what really what we all want to have happen. We want to be in the minds of all these people that want to buy from us potentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Top of mind. You know what? Like, as you were given that answer, I actually thought of another question. Um, I want to, what's your take on, I mean, speaking of top of mind, what's your, uh, what's your take on dark social? Like these channels that you can't, you know, these channels that you can't necessarily uh, measure in quantifiable formats. Like, you know, people are having conversations on in online communities and Slack channels and DMs and messages about about um, companies or their products and services. I mean, I mean, think about it. There, there's so many online mm-hmm. platforms, online places and spots, and now we're seeing a lot with audio, right? So there's just enormous amount of places that people are spending their time. And I think for all of us, we need to determine where is our prospect spending their time and our buyers and our network and our clients, and then focusing on those areas. So, I mean, I spend majority of my time on LinkedIn because that is where my business is, my network. Uh, Certainly I've, I've dabbled in some of the audio pieces, you know, Clubhouse, and I use, I do LinkedIn audio events, which I'm enjoying because I'm a beta tester for that. And uh, so, but I, I mean, I think we all, our clients are everywhere that, you know, you think about the buyer, when I talk about that buyer's journey, they're going everywhere looking for information, right? So yes, LinkedIn is a great place for that engagement, but they're, they're, the buyers are researching across the board. So we kind of have to be aware of that and, and realize what's, what's out there. Be, um, yeah. So be aware, be conscious and be informed about, well, you're talking about an ecosystem essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay, great. So we get to the part of the conversation where uh, you give us something actionable because that's what the show is about as well, right? So mm-hmm. now, now let me just set this up for a second here, Sandra. Let's appreciate that this stuff doesn't happen. Not all of it anyway. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't download an app and presto, you've got a successful social uh, selling strategy. But what are some steps that people can take right now to improve what they're doing on LinkedIn when it comes to social selling? Okay, so there's a lot of things, but I'll I'd love to share this quick idea, Please. which is focus. I mean, focus on your prospects, profile, and content. So you go to your if you, you you go to your CRM and look at your pipeline and look at through all of who are these who are this this set of prospects. Am I properly engaged and connected to all those companies that are on my current pipeline? Because you want to have the deep connections, not just one or two connections, which can put you at risk. If that 
companies on your pipeline, you've only got one connection, I'm a little worried for you, right? Because we've got this thing called the great resignation or reshuffle or whatever, and it's too risky. So being deep with all those companies on your pipeline and then looking at those people, looking at their individual content and following them and engaging with their content. And I can tell you that by doing that, it's something that you're, you're prospect will notice you, especially if you're putting valuable comments on their content. Now, not every one of our prospects is posting on LinkedIn. If you've got a pipeline that maybe you've got, you know, 15 opportunities on the pipeline at various stages. And if you've got, you know, five or six decision makers or participants from each one of those, then you've got over a hundred people and so if you, even if just a few of those people, you should be aware who are the people that are posting and that are active and making sure you're engaging with those people because they're there. And that's an easy way for you to make really fast impact. So I, I base it on your own pipeline, like make your own pipeline be stronger and more effective and help your process. No, that's some pretty good advice. That's some pretty good advice. And, um, on that note, that's a great segue into the next question. How can you make sure that what you're doing is working? So let's try to talk about metrics if we can. So metrics are tricky for a lot of companies because of the fact that, you know, we've got to get reporting in of how these things happen. And, you know, salespeople, you know, if it it can be notoriously difficult to get that type of information. Now, definitely you can have tags on your CRM so that you can understand when uh, business or opportunities were generated as a result of LinkedIn activity, which I think is great to do. Um, for me, I'll tell you, my measurement is a new meeting. If I've got a new meeting or new, new conversation was really what I'd call a new conversation, whether that's a Zoom or a phone or a live or a coffee, but that new conversation is what I'm looking for, for any type of, you know, social selling activity. So, you know, having that, if you can track that on your, on your CRM, that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. And uh, I would probably also throw in when you're having these meetings with these, uh, these new connections, also ask them, okay, how did, um, how did I even come up on your radar, right? Like, where, where did you did you hear um, something like uh, about me, or did you listen to one of my interviews, or did you read my post, or, or, you know, what what made you decide to jump on this call with me today? You know, that's always my first question for everybody: is mm. how did how did you how did you find me? Because if they're reaching yeah. out, they're either reaching out through LinkedIn or they're sending me an email, and I always want to know: did someone refer me? Did you see my post? Was there something an article you read? Was it my book? Was it what was it? Because we all want to we to get that information, and I and 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 even keeping track of it is great. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh wow, the next question. <laughs> okay, let's try to keep that one. This one focused to uh, social selling because LinkedIn has changed so much, uh -huh. right? But just specifically with regards to social selling, what are some major trends and shifts that you've seen on LinkedIn that people should be uh, paying attention to if they're doing social selling? So I think the biggest one would really be around video and audio. And we've that's so much opportunity and not just in the posting. I mean, obviously we can do great video in the in the feed, but using video and audio in the messaging. I love to do that with clients and prospects. It makes your message more impactful 
they will, you differentiate yourself. So let's say you have a very nice initial conversation with a prospect and perhaps they've talked to three or four of your competitors. And then after that call, of course, we want to be connected to that person. Then we send out a really nice video message thanking them for the meeting or audio message. And that's going to distinguish us from everyone else. So I think that using video and audio is terrific on the messaging side. And of course, we have very nice video opportunities in the profile. So you can put a video right now at your headshot. You can use video in the, in the featured section. And they're beta testing LinkedIn audio events. So depending, you know, if you can get your get your hands on that, that's great. And you don't even have to be a, a host like I am. You can be a sp- person who joins, raises your hand to speak, or even joins and then participates in networking while you're in this event because you can see profiles, you can connect and message people while this event is going on. If it's about your topic, your thought leadership topic, how great is that? So really, I think video and audio is probably the most exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think the other one um, to take note of is, and, and for me personally, this is for the better, but LinkedIn has started becoming a little bit more vigilant and policing those that are trying to use um, automation to mm-hmm. do outreach, like mass outreach. Yeah. So they've re- reduced the number of connections or people you're able to connect with on a weekly basis and so forth. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, I mean, I think that LinkedIn wants us to be connected more authentically. And I think they don't, they definitely are against automation. Automation can get you in trouble. Automation. So the kind of automation that can get you in trouble is, the automated messaging, yeah. automated profile viewing. Now you mm-hmm. are able to do automatic automated posting. That's something mm-hmm. that they allow and there's third-party apps you can do, but definitely not profile viewing or messaging. Right, right. That's probably not something you should automate anyway, in my humble opinion. <laughs> totally agree. I mean, it's such, yeah. it, it really, it comes across, right? If that happens. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, case in point, what I was telling you about earlier, right? Um, Okay. Speaking of which, um, tell us about a status quo that you passionately disagree with and why. Um, Well, first of all, from a status quo perspective, there's, depending on the person and depending on who were, you know, the group of people, it, it there's 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 various status quos and there's very and there's there's definitely like I would say friction on certain topics right that there's different opinions so one of them is having to do with how personal are you on LinkedIn so that the status quo was always that this is the business site this is only professional and that status quo that's evolved into where we are today which is much more personal. Now you've got people that have been using LinkedIn for years, some of whom are very upset and call it the Facebookization of LinkedIn and all of that. But I think most people have come around to the fact that social means personal too. And that there's sort of like, we all have to decide where do we create those boundaries? We all want to, we, I, I think, and I recommend that we we do bring in the personal element, but that we create the boundaries that is right for us, for us as individuals. And 
So that whole topic, I think, is something that's got a lot of friction and conversation around it. And then, of course, the pitching and the messaging, which we talked about. I think one other topic for companies, which they've I've seen a big evolution. You know, companies used to be reticent about having teaching their employees about LinkedIn, thinking that this is just about a job search platform. And more and more companies have gone away from the, all the savvy ones know that their employees are part of their brand assets, right? And those employees have much greater impact and influence across LinkedIn than just their LinkedIn company page. So those savvy companies, but you still once in a while hear the companies that will say, no, we're, we're worried about this or we, we, we can't have that. So that's definitely been a big evolution. So a lot of change, a lot of things are changing. And I think mostly for the better with, with regards to a lot of that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, I, I love that last bit too, where you're talking about like, um, I suppose it's empowering employees to help also build their own personal brands, but at the same time, also being evangelists for the organization that they're working for, right? Right. And 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 I suppose it depends on the organization because you can you can argue that yeah, forward-thinking organizations uh, would empower their people that way. There's there's the other faction that would disagree with that point of view. Well, you're right, Christian, mm. because mm. years ago, companies and maybe in some companies even today are afraid of the personal brand, whether mm. it's their employee that has a big blog following or big, you know, Utah, YouTube subscribers or is doing video on LinkedIn. Some of them are very afraid or nervous, but I'd say yeah. the savvy companies know that they can power that up, right? That they, that really the best scenario is you combine the personal brands with the company brands to really excite people about the organization and excite people about the industry and what's happening professionally and that attracts people more than anything, rather than just doing the company line, right? People care about people. Yes. So combining that and harnessing that power, just like you said, is, is key. Absolutely. Interesting times we live in. <laughs> it really is interesting. Yeah. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on and uh, you know sharing your expertise and insights with the listeners. So quick intro to yourself and how folks out there can get in touch with you. Well, look for me, Sandra Long. I'm on LinkedIn is where to find me. And you, if you have, there's quite a few Sandra Longs. So if you have trouble, you can put in LinkedIn or put in New York. I'm in the New York area. Mm -hmm. You can also find my book on Amazon, which is LinkedIn for personal branding. And uh, I love to connect with everyone who's listening. Let me know you listen to the show. That would be great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Sandra, as expected, this was such a great conversation. So thanks again for your time. Take care, stay safe and talk to you soon. Thanks, Christian. It was great. Hey. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.